Hey everybody, I'm Jay. And I'm Jared. And today on Mentor Minutes, uh, we're going to be talking about another top 10 topic. But before we get into that, uh, if you've not checked out the Gateway Network, make sure you do that. We're a member of the Gateway Network. Um, we also have, uh, the Gateway Network has lots of different contributors uh, that uh, basically are in the board game or board game adjacent space. These are other content creators. Yeah. Um, you'll find them either on Instagram, other YouTubers and things like that. Yeah. They have other podcasts. Uh, in fact, the network was started by a podcast, the Gamecasters. Yep. Um, so definitely check out the website, thegatewaynetwork.com to find out uh, more. All the contributors. Yeah. More of these contributors and uh, just some great new, you know, upcoming board game people. Yes, absolutely. And All of them are really nice. And also don't forget to check out the uh, Meeple Mentor YouTube channel where you're going to find all kinds of uh, unboxings, tutorials, uh, interviews with designers, which we've got a couple of those coming up. We do. And uh, a few other features as well as the video for these podcasts are also posted there. Yep. So this is, uh, I guess, what you would call a vodcast because we do that a counts. video version that yeah. goes onto the YouTube channel so you can see you know, what we look like. And, and I, I try to throw up the images of the box art and stuff like that. Um, but this also the audio streams, you know, out to everywhere you would be able to listen. Anywhere you can pay for your podcasts. Or, or free. Ever, does anybody ever pay for podcasts? I don't I, know. I really I don't know. Do. I don't know. And I don't know what qualifies, you know, it's like, oh, we've reached a point in our quality that yeah, we're going to we be can, able to charge. We can charge you an I mean, who does that? I don't know. I don't know. I guess, I guess maybe like with uh, like satellite, XM satellite radio, mm -hmm. maybe like Spotify has some like premium podcast or something. I don't know. Who knows? It just seems, I don't know. It seems it's, too much. It seems too much. And I would not pay. I for like the, the fact that it's open entry and anyone can kind of yeah. do this. And if you're good, then you get followers and, and listeners. Yeah. Democratization. Which is why we have none. Moving on. <laughs> Love you, mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, so another top 10 list today. Yes. Um, and, uh, uh, do you want to you want to introduce what the, so this what's is this? this was an interesting list you, you sent me this topic and I was like okay there's there's a few offhand that I know I want to include but then the rest it really got a little tricky it's the mm -hmm. top ten abstract games right and abstract is a very nebulous term because yes. there's so many games that um, are really about how functional they are and their and their the way you manipulate the game, but they might have a theme with it too. Mm -hmm. And it's like how far uh, or how much of that theme integration is is uh, is enough to make it not abstract. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. Like I I didn't have trouble putting a lot of games on the list to narrow down, but sort of making that decision of like where do you draw that line was yeah. tough. Because like if I think of a game like Checkers, mm -hmm. to me clearly abstract there's like no debate there's there's no theme even even chess even though chess you know you have a qu king and queen and you it's like a war and a battle mm -hmm. it's still there's no real theme right so chess to me is an as an abstract game but, i think most people would agree with that yeah but you start getting close to like i actually wrote down some examples okay of, of things that didn't make the cut of, of in my mind i think these Not are games, abstract enough yeah i think these games a lot of people probably would consider them abstract games but for for me, maybe diving into why I wouldn't mm -hmm. think of them as abstract. What's funny is if any on these the, your <laughs> list your is list. on my top ten, <laughs> and then we're gonna have that's a true. problem. And I think that's why this list is so like subjective. Yeah. Because you know I I know like just uh, to example like um you know you and I played uh both Dune Imperium and uh Arnak. Yes. Which, Lost Ruins of Arnak. Lost Ruins, which which 
get compared a lot, even though they really shouldn't get compared a lot. Well, they came out around the same time, and they both have deck building Similar and mechanisms. worker placement. Yeah, but like the feel of those games is like completely different, right? Yeah. But for me, like I felt a lot of the theme in Dune Imperium. A lot of other people didn't, and uh, a lot of people. A lot more people actually that we played with felt there was way more theme in in uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak. Right, and so I think some of the way that you know you view games as a as a game player um, is going to sort of uh, color your view mm-hmm. of of whether games abstract or not. So yeah, and so like just to give you an example, right? Sure, hit me with them. Um, through the desert, mm-hmm. through the desert is again one of my favorite designers, Ryan Kinesia. Uh, it's a it's a game that many people would consider abstract where Everybody has their own caravan of camels. You're really, what you're trying to do is do kind of like area control on a board by building your camels in a straight line. That's um, very thematic. Yeah, well, <laughs> it is very thematic in my, in my opinion. You <laughs> I'm know? just kidding. But, uh, but really, it didn't even have to be camels. Like you, yeah. could, you could literally play the game with just it's cubes. Yeah, making making a line Network and building. Sec, you know sectioning off parts of the board to score points. But the fact that you know you've got camels, there's oasises, there's palm trees on the board. Mm-hmm. To me, it 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 still feels a little thematic yeah. when I'm playing it. So I didn't include it. That, that also reason. reminds me of a game like Ishtar. Have you oh played yeah, this? no, I've heard of this one. Yeah, yeah, and it's um it's it's really toes that line of like this is it looks beautiful, you mm. know, once you start getting all these gems and, and palm trees out on the board, but it also is thematic because like you're growing this garden in the desert. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and it's like maybe at first it looks abstract and then later it becomes thematic because yeah. of how much you know starts to grow. Yeah, and, and that's that that is very similar in my mind to like photosynthesis. Mm-hmm. Like photosynthesis. I kind of think of it like an abstract game, yeah. But everything you're doing is fits the theme of that game. It does perfectly. So for and me, that's just nature. Yeah, like, that's it, how nature right. works. So, so I didn't include that on my list, which normally I would have, because it was so. The, I think the mechanisms were so tied to the theme. You, you know, I couldn't imagine that being another game, right? In a way. Um, I, I would completely agree yeah. with that. And my, my last example, and this one is this, this one is interesting to me. Okay. King Domino, mm-hmm. to me, is an abstract. Yeah, I can see that. Because, you know, if you're, you're just lining up squares and you're trying to make territories and things. You, but, you, but, could, you could color dominoes yes. and make the same game. Yes. But Queen Domino uh-huh. adds a few more elements where you've got, you know, you're, you're earning money for t- territories. You can use that money to buy building upgrades. Uh, it, expand your territory. You can. There's like a dragon that you can like burn down buildings. There's knights that you can send out to do things. Still abstract, but like there's enough theme in Queen Domino that I kind of don't consider that an abstract. Mm. So it's funny. Like when I was thinking of those games, right? That um, is interesting. How that that little bit of extra theme kind mm-hmm. of injection, you know, to me made it like uh, cross the line. Well, what know? about if you played King Domino with the expansion Age of Giants? Like the Giants. Uh, see, still, that's it's almost like a, a, a catch-up mechanism a little bit and mm-hmm. a way to kind of, it's almost like having a, a movable like crown for point scoring in a way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to me, it just doesn't put it quite over the line, whereas Queen yeah, Domino has a lot, of, a lot of extra stuff in there. I'll have to play but Queen Domino again and make my, it's very good, make yeah. my decision Yeah, it on is that. very good. Um, so that was the challenge for me mm-hmm. is, is really thinking through this and saying, boy, there, you know, uh, there maybe there is enough theme here that I would it would put me over the edge, but let, let's see where we get to. And, yeah, uh, I think my my ten you'll find are all pretty squarely in that abstract 
arena, but you're welcome to challenge any yeah. of them and yeah, we'll see. I, I think I might have one or two that kind of lean a little bit towards thematic, but we'll, mm. we'll see what you think too. And I, I bet you we do have uh, some crossovers we, here. We probably will. Yeah. Yeah. I bet we do. Cause there's some, there's some really great sure, uh, sure. abstract games. So, so uh, I think we're ready to go. Yeah, let's do it. Let's look at our top 10. Number 10. So one of the ways I made my list um, was a, a lot of times like games like card games, just by virtue of the fact that they're card, if it's only done with a deck of cards, it's hard for me to get a lot of theme out of that, even though there's certainly a lot of great deck builders that mm. um, are thematic, you know, or they, they work alongside a board or, you know, cards are a mechanism of the game itself. So I kind of avoided card games for that reason, because it was sort of a fine line for me to cross. Um, however, there's a game that doesn't use any cards at all, but it's it's semi-based on a card game. Yeah. Uh, and it, instead of uh, it being a card game, you're using these building blocks. And the game is Pyramid Poker. Pyramid Poker. Pyramid Poker. and Number 10. This is my number 10. Um, what I really like about Pyramid Poker is uh, you, you actually have these wooden blocks that have each of the, the poker suits of cards mm -hmm. on on the block itself. So you've got you know 52 blocks and you've got two jokers, just mm -hmm. like regular deck of cards. But the uh, symbol for the suit and the, uh, the um, not the power, the number, yeah, suit, suit and the, the number, value. the value, is only on, printed on one side. And so you have a board where you're actually stacking these blocks on top of each other. So you, you take a turn, you stack a block with the suit facing you, your opponent sits on the other side of the table mm -hmm. and they stack a block from their pile because you each get 15 blocks out of the you know the full set randomly. Mm. They stack a block either on top of your block or next to it that's facing them. Mm. And the way that the board's built is you actually build this pyramid. Mm -hmm. So you you know you, it's not like a vertical wall. You have to span, you know, the the ones on top above two underneath them. Got it. Once you've built this pyramid, you then take turns removing the blocks off the pyramid mm -hmm. and putting those blocks into three different sets to form a poker hand in each of those sets. And the way the game you win the game is once you've taken all the blocks back out of the pyramid, whoever has won two of those sets out of three, mm -hmm. it's because they have a more powerful hand of cards, mm -hmm. wins the game. Mm. The, the, but the thing I really like about this game, other than the fact that you've got this whole sort of tactile element, is... You can pull any block you want off of that pyramid. What if it falls? Well, it's not a, it's not a dexterity game, so you don't have to worry about that. Okay. You know, but but uh, sorry, what I mean is any any block that is exposed. Uh, so as long as you know there's not something on top of it. Okay. Um. So you might be just blindly picking a block that your opponent placed, have no idea what's on the other side of that block, mm -hmm. but because what you're trying to get that you you know stack there is is lower down or whatever. You're just hoping and praying that it's mm -hmm. something that you can use. Mm. And sometimes you'll really mess your opponent up. Sometimes you'll get exactly the the card you want, you know, the card, the block you want to make that set. And it's just a really creative way of using mm. a mechanism like poker, but with this sort of stacking element and right. this sort of press your luck almost style. So are there 52 blocks? Yeah, okay. there are. But but each to each opponent only takes 15. Out of the fifty-two, so you can't even bank on seeing everything, right? So you're you're absolutely not going to see everything in there. So you're just hoping, okay, of the fifteen I originally got, okay, maybe I can form flush, mm -hmm. or I can form a full house with this. Uh, if, if your opponent doesn't take it, yeah, if your opponent doesn't take it, because they can take your blocks too. 
And so, and this is only a two player game. It's only two player. Mm. Yeah. So it's a really, it's a really cool game that, like I said, I wouldn't include poker because it's a card game, but mm. the fact that this really mixes poker with the stacking element and some of these other mechanisms um, make this, I think, uh, a fantastic two player game. It's actually one of my favorite two player games. Uh, so for Better me, Lost Cities. Oof. <laughs> That's a tough one because they both. I like them very, very much about the same. Really, um, Lost Cities has a lot more tension. More theme, maybe. Um, it probably does have more theme. Actually, <laughs> Lost Cities has more theme. Yeah. But um, but I think Pyramid Poker is one of those games that plays a lot faster. Yeah. So you typically could play like three games in a row and just play like best out of three. Wow. Um, which typically happens when I play this game. Sure. So um, Pyramid Poker, my number ten. Very cool. Now you mentioned the poker you you wouldn't include because it's a card game. I mean, poker is an abstract game. It totally is. Um, for me, it was just like I felt like I could almost put this whole list making out of card games. Well, yeah, you I mean, know, I think by their nature, card games are abstract. Yeah, unless, unless there's you know, unless you're using cards like maybe Magic isn't as abstract. Maybe it's still you abstract. Know? Maybe because like you have to use your imagination on what True. everything's True. doing. Yeah, what's that other game that's just got reprinted out uh, that Plaid Hat came out with? Um, um, it's because you use cards as well. Um, I was gonna say Mage War, not Mage Wars, is it? Uh, maybe it's Mage Wars. I'm not sure. Yeah, but but the what these are, there's like mm. square cards that you put on a board, and they're like your characters that you tactically move and fight mm -hmm. each other mm -hmm. uh, summoner wars that's the game summoner, okay. summoner wars so in that case you're using cards but it's like super thematic so yeah for me for me i just wanted to avoid it and stick with mostly tabletop games and so pyramid poker all right is why it made my number 10 well my number 10 um has a similar type of feel to pyramid poker actually because hmm. there are blocks that are stacked and you remove them okay <laughs> it's <laughs> the same game it's not the same game i don't think you played pyramid poker no no yeah, yeah. Uh, if it's a game on your list, I haven't played it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> cut me deep. That's how it's. That that's deep. how it's been. Uh, no, this is a. Uh, it's it uses tiles from like mahjong, and yeah, okay. it's called Dragon Castle. Yeah, it's great. Uh, this is a great game. It came out uh, just a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, this is a command game from Eric Lang. I believe he made this, didn't he? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You, you might be right. I know it's a command game. And uh, all the tiles are arranged uh, according to one of the patterns that, you know, either based on player count or like a special, mm. a specialized, you know, arrangement. Setup or whatever, yeah. Yeah. And so they're mm. stacked up to three, uh, usually up to three tall. And, you know, you can take uh, ones that have two edges exposed and you're placing them on your own personal little city board. And as you... Uh, get groups of the same color together, then you can uh, on your turn flip them over to score them. Mm -hmm. And the more in that group that you uh, flip over at that time gives you a bigger point bonus uh, and also allows you to put uh, the rooftops on uh, mm -hmm. some of them. Now there's, uh, it's up to four players. Mm -hmm. um, what's really cool is that yeah, as you're placing these tiles, you can, when you flip them over, you can build on top of that and they can connect to anything on any level that's around it still. And you can either place them, you know, to try to go for the higher points by being taller or, you know, just try to spread out and get the most uh, large group scoring because you you get final in-game scoring points for the the rooftops that you've built and what level yeah, that they were they placed. Right. Um, <clears throat> but essentially it's very abstract. There's different power cards that are available that, you know, each game you play, you know, you'll each player will be able to use that ability um, and that sort of thing. It's uh, it's not Mahjong, but it's 
it's it's got the tiles that look like mahjong mm-hmm. and if you've played the old computer game um that came with maybe windows yeah windows, they called yeah. it mahjong but that also wasn't real yeah. mahjong yeah yeah <laughs> but it's one where it's kind of like that where you like <clears throat> you collect uh pairs of things that you're trying to remove mm-hmm. and reveal the floor essentially yeah um but this you, <clears throat> you know you don't have to necessarily reveal the floor uh and it doesn't even have to be fully empty to end the game but anyway it's a really fun game mm. um and i thought this is a, this is a good number 10 you know for my list yeah yeah i love this game um and if if you like that, like if you played Azul and you like that tactical feel of those, mm-hmm. those they're tiles, pretty heavy. Yeah, I, I think this this game is even a better yeah. like table presence than Azul. Yeah, uh, it's a really really great component. So yeah, yep. yeah, good pick, good pick, good pick. Cool. Number nine. Moving on to my number nine pick. Uh, this is a two player only game, and you know, similar to his two player only Pyramid Poker. Uh, this one's been around for a while. Uh, and it's uh, one of the most popular Uwe Rosenberg games, mm. and it's Patchwork. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like how this game plays and how quickly it moves, um, because just like Pyramid Poker, perhaps, you just mm-hmm. want to play it like best of three <clears throat> yeah. uh, with your opponent, because it's just it's really fun. It gets very tightly competitive, especially near the end. And, you know, it, it's very abstract. You're, you're just basically taking these tiles and trying your best to, to fill up your grid as much as possible and, you know, uh, complete without any holes. And there are ways to get like single squares. We have to be able to be the first um, to like cross pawn the... that crosses it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's basically a one track path that just keeps going and loops around until, the, until you get to the center. Mm. So once you get to the center, you know, you're done for the rest of the game and the rest of the players, you know, who are still out can uh, move and try to take more tiles. Um, But final scoring points, you know, you've got um, buttons are a currency in this game. That's right. Yep. And that's uh, an interesting thing because there's some that you can earn um, just from like moving and others by like landing on things. Um, and by spending or having more, more buttons, you can spend on the larger tiles or maybe the more valuable tiles, uh, cause it has this income system where whatever buttons are on all of your tiles that you've already placed, whenever you cross over uh, a button printed on the board, you get income. Right. And sometimes mm-hmm. if you go for that, that high income strategy, it can pay off later because you might have better options mm-hmm. you know to fill in the gaps yeah because um, some of those some of those tiles are expensive they are but sometimes you're limited and you just have to take what you can and, and do the best you can yeah. with it but it's that tiling you know thing that rosenberg's known for i think it's the first of his tiling games you're right yeah um aside from feast for odin but even though feast for odin i believe came out before patchwork patchwork was oh, designed I first ah oh, i didn't realize that yeah, yeah, you might be right. I was going to say, I think it was his first design, Polyomino game. Yeah. And he used to do like light games. like, like Yeah, like he was working stuff. on Feast for Odin. He's like, hey, this tile thing is really cool. Uh, Let me just break that out for now since huh. he wanted to pump out a game in the interim of this long development of Feast for Odin because that's a big I game. I never knew that. That's a, that, that makes right. total he sense. He pulled that out and he's like, I'm just going to make this quick little two-player thing mm. because this tile arrangement thing is, is really cool. I, you know, and I bet a lot of designers kind of do that. You yeah. know, they'll reuse a mechanism or they'll make a, a family weight game out of a mechanism so yeah and i yeah, think smart. that's great yeah really smart you get a a, a light family game mm-hmm. out of it and you get a really heavy, heavy yeah. gamer game out yeah. of it yeah good pick so, I, I like patchwork a lot that's patchwork so jay what's your number nine 
My number nine is an abstract game, of course. <laughs> by, it has uh, to be. It has to be. <laughs> by uh, one of my favorite designers, Reiner Knizia. Surprise, uh, surprise. Who makes these lists a lot, uh, <laughs> if you've listened to the podcast before. Right. And this is a game that um, I don't really see a lot of people playing anymore. It's called Indigo. And, um, not out to go. Not out to go. It's indigo, as in the color indigo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, you, the the board looks like kind of a, a very elaborate sort of uh, Arabian type carpet. Mm. Um, and every person has these tiles that look like they're uh, hexagonal tiles. Hexagonal. Hexagonal. Yeah, yeah hexagonal tiles uh, that look like parts of the um, the rug that mm -hmm. you're that you're kind of building. And the game starts out with gems that are kind of around the board mm -hmm. and then gems that are in the center of the board. And so on your turn, very much like Carcassonne, uh, you have a, like th two, uh, three tiles in your hand. You choose which tile to, to put down the board and you can put it anywhere you want. Well, um, if you've ever played a game called Suro that's very similar to this, yeah. whenever you place a tile next to another tile that has this sort of ribbon pat pattern yeah, on it like a path yeah if you if, if you especially if you put it next to a uh, uh, hex with a gem then the gem's going to follow the natural path that you've just laid with that tile right and the goal is to try to build a path using these tiles that makes it back to your sort of uh area of the board to like it exits the board in your section mm -hmm. but everybody has their own sections and if you end up playing this game with like four players then part of those sections are shared so if you get a gem that's between your sort of gate and somebody else's gate, you both get points for that. Hmm. Um, so it's an interesting game where it's just simply you, you keep playing tiles until all the gems are gone off the game. Mm -hmm. And then you add up the gems. They're going to be worth one, two, or three points. And whoever has the most wins. Um, cool. But it's a really, really fun abstract game. It's a great intro game uh, for new players um, because you can teach it in like 30 seconds. It's, it's really fast. Yeah, I pretty much did. And... Um, <laughs> And it has this really great aesthetic because it, it looks like it's really well made. Um, it's got a great table presence. It looks like there's a theme, but there's not. Yeah, it look it looks like there would be a theme. Because um, it wouldn't be able to make this list if but, there was. But it's kind of like, well, what? why would you be getting gems off of an Arabian rug? Like, I don't know. I, you know but, I don't know. And I'm sure there's some, there's probably some like narrative maybe, text. Maybe they have so many gems that they get stuck in the carpet. <laughs> that, that could work, I'm <laughs> you know, sure. They but, get stomped into it and they're like, oh, it's time to go through the rug. Yeah. You know? But this could, this could be anything. It could be like <laughs> irrigation. It could be whatever but um indigo is just a really fun game that i've uh i recently resurfaced in my collection and i kind of realized like how how good a game it was so do you know about when it came out oh this game is probably i'd say it's probably over 10 years old because i think it was even maybe nominated for mm. the spiel mm -hmm. and it was probably before a couple of uh reiner Knizia's more recent games Sure. Um, so I'd say eight to ten years, maybe. Cool. But you can still buy it. You can still it's still in print. still in production. Still in print. Yep. Very and cool. I think Ravensburger produces it. So, uh, so that's Indigo. My number nine. Number eight. My number eight is a our first crossover. Oh, is it? Yes, and it's a two player game. I'm guessing it. <laughs> it's patchwork. Yeah, it's patchwork. <laughs> yeah. So uh, love this game. Um, I mean, the the theme is. And it, it's funny, when you read what the theme of the game is, where you're actually making a patchwork quilt, you see the components. It looks like a quilt. You've got buttons. I mean, it has all the ingredients that, that say this theme is, is working, right? Because you're stitching this quilt together with patterns. 
But the fact that all the all the different patches of cloth are like Tetris shapes. That sort of pulls it out it, of yeah, being and, a quilt. And you're kind of it's it's kind of a race element around the board in some ways because mm -hmm. um as you said, the way that you get income, which is buttons, is either by uh crossing a button on this kind of you know sort of score track. It's not even a score track. It's really just a just a just a path. A, a path that's getting you once you get in the center of the game ends kind of thing. Mm -hmm. This this success path success path, I don't know. Um progression path. There you go. Does that work? Path of progression. Path of progression. Progression <laughs> de play. So either you cross one of the buttons on your path of progression and then you get income based on the you know the patches that you've already built that have buttons on them. Mm -hmm. Or you can actually skip your opponent and for every a square that you go to skip to get, get ahead of your component, you get paid for that as well in buttons. Right. Um, so it, it's just, it's a game that's just, it's super unique. Like there's not a whole lot of games that use that element of also like the last player continues to go until they've caught up to mm -hmm. the first player. So that's neat because sometimes you can get like two turns or maybe three turns uh, funny, in a row. You know, you've told me before that you love games where you can go as far as you want. Yeah, and, and this is this is sort of that, that game, Yeah. but rather than it being like a tableau where you kind of are going around in the circle and that kind of thing, as soon as you get to the end of the path, the game's over. And the income that you generate from buttons is actually your score, mm -hmm. um, minus, you know, the squares that um, you haven't covered on your board. Right. Uh, so Which can be devastating. With, yeah, this is a... I don't know if I've ever covered a whole board. I like... Yeah, I haven't. I, I don't know that I have. I don't think I have. But, you know, thinking back to Feast for Odin, like, he literally prints number... Minus ones on, on like, every space. One, yeah, and this is... I but, think the password is maybe maybe minus two. It's, I it's, think it's minus two. Yeah, because it's. I mean, it's, a lot of scores are like negative, and you can yeah. win with a negative score. Yeah, and that's not uncommon. Um, so um, yeah, patchwork. Love this game. It's my number eight, and um, I actually just recently played this with my wife. So excellent. Still, still big hit in my household. And, and she loves that one. Yeah, she does, and she loves quilting. So this kind of oh, that's perfect. But but again, it doesn't feel like that. So that's you perfect. know, I bought it for the theme, but we yeah. play it for the actual game making. Bought well. an abstract game for the theme. Yeah, what's wrong with you? I know. <laughs> <laughs> My number eight pick is a classic abstract game, and maybe one of the oldest games that you can still buy today, and it's called Go. Okay, I, I thought this might end up on the It's an yeah. amazing, um, <clears throat> really old, I believe it came from Japan. And essentially, you've just got a huge grid board. Um, and they have smaller versions of like 9x9, nine nine, but the big one, I think, is like up to 20. It's and big. Yeah, there's the grid, and you have a two-player game. Um, there's black little disc pieces and then white ones. So one player plays the black, one player plays the white. And the board starts completely empty, and you just place them on any open open grid um, intersection that you want. And the object there is to control more space of the board. It's an area control game. Mm. And if you can surround uh, the opponent's uh, piece or pieces, then they are removed from the board. And they're effectively, usually, <laughs> uh, automatically going to make that whole area yours. Mm. Uh, there are ways to sort of claim that area back. Um, but if you are really skilled at this game, you can do a really good job of just sort of 
uh, sectioning off a large portion of the board. And if you can play, you know, and, and keep an eye on what they're doing um, so that you can continually stay around their pieces, then you'll be able to still um, control it. And it's a really cool, like, surrounding type of game, but you just literally just place pieces. Um, it has a following to this day. Mm. There's Go Clubs, there's mm-hmm. tournaments, and it's played worldwide, to my knowledge. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, there's even like, you know, when you place, there's like a, a methodology that you're supposed to do when you place it. Like, you don't just place it like however you want. That's you right. You put it between your first and second finger. That's right. And then you like press it down. Right. Right. And that's yes. just. Yeah, it's kind of like the traditional culture of the game in a I way. I guess so. Yeah. Um, it's just really interesting, and uh, it's about as abstract as you can get. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, is there is, I don't know if there is a more abstract game. I don't game. think there is a more abstract <laughs> game than that. Yeah, it's pretty plain. But um, and, and this one, too, I mean, it's it's one of those games that anybody could start playing, mm-hmm. you know, but to actually be good at it, it's it's one of those lifetime games. It takes time forever games. to get really, yeah. really good. and. I'm not that good, but yeah. I've I've played a lot, and I've not I'm not that good. Yeah, I've I've never played this one. It's one that I'll definitely try at some point in my life. We'll have sure, to do that. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Yeah, I've heard so. good things. So, yep, good pick. Go. Number seven. My number seven pick is a fairly new game. I think it came out either this year or last year, and it's also a polyomino game. Hmm. Um, fully abstract and I really enjoyed it when I played it. It's called Project L. And if you have seen this, it's basically you've got you're collecting these uh, square pieces that have indents uh, indentations so that the piece like the polyomino pieces can fit into it. And you're trying to basically complete them kind of like contracts, right? You take it Mm. and then you attempt to complete it. Um, But you only start with like two pieces, two really small, like one and two square Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, length pieces. Um, And so you only get three actions a turn and you can either upgrade a piece or place a piece or claim a contract uh, or, you know, basically like a master builder, master builder action where you can place one piece on all of your collected um, contracts Mm. and you can hold up to four, but then you can't take any more until you complete one of them. Um, but completing them also can earn you uh, another piece. So you can immediately get another piece added mm-hmm. to your pool. Uh, or it could just be for points. And so you have to balance uh, whether or not you want to get the easier ones that perhaps just give you more pieces early. Or do you want to snag some of the more uh, well, difficult ones or four that ones, give yeah. you five or six points, mm-hmm. you know, and then just kind of work on them as you get them. Because once you've completed it, uh, any contract, you get your tile pieces back. Uh, and they're like plastic. They're like really they, cool. You, you know what they remind me of? They remind me of like chiclets. Yeah. But like like they're long or they're L-shaped. Different shaped chiclets. But they're kind of like rounded a little bit. Yeah, they have this like... Um, like a glossy... Con- convex ends yes. to these things. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, and they, I feel like they even sort of wobble a little bit if they're just yeah. flat because yeah. they're not... They're not just flat back. Yeah, yeah. They're really, they're really cool. They're it's, really the components nice in this are off. really, really nice. Mm-hmm. And the fact that all the contract like square pieces you get, or the you know the boards are all recessed boards. Yeah, uh, it's just it just feels like it's you're just, playing a high quality production. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I've we've we've enjoyed it, and everybody who's played it really likes it. And it's a game that you know even during downtime, you know like whoever's turn it's not like everyone just kind of chats and talks it's like a great game to just like eat or drink while you're playing and just have a chat Uh, it's very low-key like that Mm. and then you know 
Yeah, I, I like the, I like this game a lot, and I have played it recently as well. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, the only part of the game that's that gets just a slightly bit bogged down is right near the end because you, you're trying to like calculate if I can fit these pizzas in because you at the end after after everybody's played and it's like game over, you can actually give up points to place pieces that you still have in your supply. And hoping so that you'll end up getting more net points. Yeah. So, you, so that everybody kind of like stops for like two minutes and like tries to do that math in their head mm-hmm. uh, right at the end. But, sure, um, but I mean, aside from that, it flows very quickly. Yeah, it flow, it, it, exactly. That's the only part of the game that is kind of like comes to a halt. Uh, but um, yeah, this is one that I would introduce to any new player. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really, really great game. So it's definitely, you know, like a gateway game and yeah. people like it because very reminiscent of like the Tetris pieces they're familiar with. Yeah. Uh, more so than uh, Patchwork. Many, uh, yeah, definitely yeah. more so than Patchwork. I so. totally agree. Yeah, good pick. It was That was on my uh, list of honorable mentions. Okay, cool. Okay, so my uh, number seven, seven uh, is a game that was, I was leaning a little bit on the theme of this one to think maybe this shouldn't be on the list or not. Mm-hmm. But then as I thought more about it, um, I said, you know, no, this truly is an abstract game. And that is a game called Manhattan. Really? And yeah, um, Manhattan is a game. It's really, it's a, it's a, it's really a skyscraper building game. It's mm-hmm. not really a city building game. Um, and you really just have these different uh, translucent blocks of different heights uh, that are your buildings essentially. And then you have a board that just has a grid of like nine different squares. And then each of those squares has smaller squares in the, in the middle of the grid. And then you have a, a hand of cards and the cards based on your sort of orientate orientation to the board mm-hmm. um, will depict where you can actually build. So it may show you can build in the you know upper right uh, uh, section of the board. Um, and, but for your opponent across the table, if they had the same card, they'd be building like in your lower left, basically. Mm-hmm. So what you're trying to do is it's really area control. Um, you're trying to earn points in, I think three, three different ways. One is at the end of each round, have the most buildings in a specific area. Mm-hmm. Another one is have like the hot tallest building, um, of all the other buildings. The Burj Khalifa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, and I, and the other one I think is to control the, uh, majority of the territories within the whole board. Um, so very abstract, very, you know, uh, it's like area majority slash area control style game mm-hmm. that could really be about anything. Um, it makes it very interesting and tactical and really great, uh, you know, visually appealing to stack these big translucent blocks because it ends up looking like a city. But the reason I, I said this as an abstract is I never feel like I'm building a city. Mm-hmm. I feel like what I'm doing is I'm trying to cut my opponent off to get majorities or to, um, you it's know, like to, just like it, it kind of re- reminds me of like just sitting around with, with you know, as a kid in preschool mm-hmm. with playing with blocks. Yes. You know, it's like, I'm going to yeah. build this, I'm going to build that, yeah. I'm going to build this. Yeah. It's, it's, it doesn't, the theme itself, I mean, you could, you, you could just do blocks. So, like you said, yeah. you wouldn't need to have a theme. Um, so, I love it because of the aesthetic. Um, the theme certainly works with the game, but the mechanisms never feel like the theme to me. Right. So Manhattan is why it made my number seven. Cool. That makes sense. Number six. My number six is our second crossover. Okay. And uh, for exactly the same reasons you did, I chose Dragon Castle. There you go. Um, I love this game. I love the tactical feel of the tiles mm-hmm. uh, coming right out of that bag. I like the fact that you know, you kind of collectively, like you engage everybody in the game from, from the first second of the game. 
Because you dump this bag of tiles out and you say, okay, let's build this thing. We gotta build this so, thing. So you're all like building this structure together, you know, having fun, building mm -hmm. the, the structure together. And then once you've done that, you explain the rules of the game and then you start taking the tiles off mm -hmm. and, and scoring. And um, it's a little deeper than uh, some of the other games that we've mentioned because, you know, you do have some of the scoring elements on your own personal board where you're, you know, trying to, to get heights and you're trying to line up things and you can, you know, you can trade in tiles to get the rooftops. And so there's a little more going on to it. And there's some also some special abilities that you can throw wow. in. Um, but again, it feels like a tile uh, a tile placement game, a tile collection game, or set collection game. It also, um, I think, has uh, uh, one criticism that people give it is it feels like solo multiplayer because it, it's, it absolutely it's does. difficult yeah. to keep an eye on what other players are doing with yes. their board and yeah. like wanting to, uh, you know, like prevent them from getting a certain color tile. And I don't know really how yeah. much interaction there really is as far as that. I agree. I, th I think if you're if you're playing this two player, you could probably keep an eye on your opponent a little more. Yeah, and three maybe, or four, you're like. I yeah, don't know. maybe hose them a little by taking something you know they want. Yeah, it's more um, just about trying to get the best that you can right. at, at the time that it's your turn. Yeah, and, re and really, if you're playing a three or four player game, it's not until the very end um, that you can affect the game because you can sort of speed the game up or slow it yeah. down based on um, whether you pass your turn or not because you can yeah. pass and start getting points. Basically, once the first floor is is revealed, revealed that's right. You yeah, know, that's right. Then any player can just instead of taking a tile, take one of these like countdown. Yeah, they're like tokens. points tokens that are like and you get two points. Yeah, they're I think they're worth like so many at first, and they start getting less and less or something. No, I think it's just two points. Is it just piece. two? Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. There's it's it's limited based on the number of players. That's right. right. And so once that that stack is done, then right. the game ends. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah, Dragon Castle, just an awesome game. A great table presence game. Um, it's uh, one of my favorite abstracts, and I don't think this is ever going to leave my collection. Yeah, so, it's, it's really great. Yeah, I love it. And that was my number six. Very cool. Uh, my number six is another highly, highly abstract game, especially if you don't speak Chinese, um, because this is, uh, it's not a chess variant, because this actually came I knew prior this would be on your list. to chess. Yep. It's called Xiangqi. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I played this a lot when I lived in China for six months, and this is a game that everyone was playing. I mean, you'd, you'd see people playing on the sidewalk, on like at the parks, they have you know, you might have like a stone table and chairs at mm -hmm. the park mm -hmm. and they have engraved in all these tables, the board and the wooden pieces for mm. Xiangqi. That'd be so interesting to it's like just, see that in culture. Like, it's amazing. It's really neat. I mean, I don't know that we don't even do that with chess here, but no. I mean, maybe some places do. Yeah, but like like to have that so inundated in the culture that you right. just see it everywhere. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, I'd walk down the street and I'm seeing a game, you know, going on, and then they'd look at me because I'm the foreigner or whatever, and then <laughs> I'd watch for a minute, and then I'd point out like a move that they should do, and they're like, "Ooh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, like you know this wow. game?" It's like, yeah, I kind of like games. You that's know? funny. That's um, funny. But uh, aside from the language barrier, you know, like once you learn the game, um, it's fantastic. There's very unique pieces to this. Um, it is based on somewhat of theme because there's like mm -hmm. uh, history to it, of course. Um, it's like the Warring States period of China and you're going to protect the emperor. Um, but then <laughs> there's a story where uh, when someone played it against the emperor and he's like, I, I've, you know, conquered or I've killed the emperor, like he hmm. got mad and killed him and okay. so he made it illegal to uh <laughs> call that piece the emperor oh that's that's yeah. got some neat history okay yeah. interesting <laughs> so. interesting yeah it's kind of like i mean i when i played it with you i kind of it kind of felt like chinese chess 
Um, yeah, but I, I think people like call it, it that. I like it better than chess. I, it was it more, is more interesting. Yeah. Um, not as many pieces as chess, if I can recall. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the pieces are more limited than chess. Yeah. Uh, like there's two, there's like four pieces that, you know, can't really leave half of the board. Mm -hmm. Plus your, you know, emperor or your leader piece that can only uh, be in the temple um, or his you know, house and then his guards, his advisors. Yeah. And so those three pieces are stuck in that little area. And then you've got the elephant pieces to the side that are stuck on your side of the river. Uh, and then from there, your, your horses that can go out. Um, and then the equivalent of the Queens or maybe more like rooks. Mm -hmm. Um, but some of my favorite pieces are the, uh, the cannons, because this is a very yeah, unique piece cool. yeah. to yep. any game I've played where they can move like a rook, but they capture by jumping a piece and then taking mm -hmm. the piece behind it, no matter the distance between any of that. Yeah, it's kind of like they're shooting over the piece and, right. and hitting the back. Right. And it could be jumping your piece mm -hmm. or it could be jumping an opponent's piece, mm -hmm. but it has to jump over something to take something behind it yeah. um, and whatever it jumped stays there nothing happened to it yeah um, but it's a really interesting um, change to what you know normal chess are uh, you know chess players would be experiencing and uh, if you can get your hands on a copy it's fantastic and I mean it's a two-player game mm. and uh, know that you're you're playing a very very old uh, but very well-known and popular <laughs> game played by millions and millions of people yeah China um and it's just fantastic so yeah yeah so that, i enjoyed this game too um i thought it was a lot of fun and i i agree i think those cannons are maybe the most deadly or the oh, yeah. dangerous uh, once, in the, once in you the learn game. some interesting strategies on setting them up and then it's like surprise like it's like i'll set it up and and point it at your your <laughs> emperor and then you move a piece into it it's like well now i get this and now you're in check yeah and then you move your piece out and it's like nope can't do that. Yeah. 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 And I, I don't know. If, I don't think I ever beat you at this game. Either. No, no, probably not. No, probably won't. <laughs> yeah, probably won't actually. <laughs> so, but it was good. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed learning this one. Cool. So. Number five. Moving on to number five. So this is the top five mm. of this list. La creme de la creme. These are the best of the best. The ones that people are, are going to be really interested in, I think. Yeah, I think so. But again, I mean, this is top 10 anyway. Like these are the best of the best anyway. Yeah. Top yeah. 10. And yeah, I mean, so. there is, there's none higher. No, there's not. That's how math works, I think. I'm pretty sure there's, yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. Um, so this is a more modern game for my list. Hmm. And uh, this is one that he sort of mentioned earlier, but it's not on his list. Hmm. Um, this is Azul, but I'm going with the sequel, Stained Glass of Sintra. Hmm. I, I think the way that it works with the the beauty of it with the um not the dice tower but like the little collection of where the pieces mm -hmm, are it's like mm -hmm. this glass uh cardboard piece um and the way that it's added and the panes of glass that you kind of get uh the variability of this game because of that in itself and uh the pieces i think are more you know colorful or interesting yeah, looking i like them too i like them um, too compared to the original azul and I can't speak for the third one or even the new one, Queen's Garden or whatever it's called. Yeah, third third one's great too. Um, okay. It's way more thinky, I would say. But uh, yeah, yeah. The, I haven't. They're all good. I haven't played the third one, um, but the second one I really do like. Um, the only caveat is if you're not you're not really into strategy heavy heavier type games, you might still want to introduce Azul base game Azul. I think so. First, I think so. Um, but if you, I, cause what happens with Azul is you kind of get bored after a while cause mm -hmm. it's the same setup and it's the same, uh, gameplay 
and I mean, so is chess. So I mean, who knows? Yeah. But yeah, if, I mean, there's some if variability. you want something variable yeah, and, and something and stuff, you but... know that changes game to game, yeah. uh, that's where I prefer the sequel, Stained Glass of mm -hmm. Sintra. It's just a great concept of how you can pick tiles, you know, which is the Azul method. You know, you mm -hmm. grab, you know, one color from one uh, little supply of four, and it could be one, two, three, or all four were one color if you're lucky enough. Um, but then whoever takes, well, the rest that aren't taken are going to the middle, and whoever decides to take from the middle first takes the first player uh, tile, but it's also worth a negative point. And yep. so there's that, man, it's so valuable to take so many of that <laughs> one color in the middle. Is it worth getting that negative one? Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Because then what, what you've done is open the door for everyone else to take from that pile with no other penalty. Right. Um, so it's just a great mechanism. Yeah. But you do get to go first the next round, which you is, do which is a nice first. consolation prize. So. Right. But you don't know what the next arrangement of tiles is yeah. going to be. But having first pick, because if that four of a kind, mm -hmm. you know, four colors comes out on one, you're yeah, taking you're, that. You're going. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it's great. I, I recommend it. It's definitely right there in the abstract. And um, it's pretty, pretty new compared to anything I just talked about. Yeah, yeah, so. no, I agree. I, I love this game. Um, and uh, of the versions of the game, it's my favorite one too. My number five is a game that you probably haven't heard of before, but it's called Azul Stained Glass of Century. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> it's my number five too. Um, you said you said everything. It's it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's for all the same same reasons. This um, has never happened for <laughs> not not. A, I don't think we've ever lined like up the exact perfectly. number. Yeah, we may not. Oh have. my gosh. Um, so yeah, as I, I love the original Azul. It's one of the games that I will teach new players as maybe a go-to game. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen players just buy it on the spot. Yeah. Um, but for me, the what I like a little bit more about uh, Stained Glass is mm -hmm. um, I think two main things. One is the variability of the board, as you mentioned, is really cool because you're kind of you, you're always randomizing sort of the panes of glass that come out that you're you know building these tiles to. Mm -hmm. And the second is you have that one extra chance to mitigate you having to take a bunch of like junk tiles at the end. Um, because there's a, you have this, um, it's called the glazier, I think is the piece um, that you're using to move across your different panes uh, where you're placing tiles. But if it comes to your turn and you would normally be face, uh, faced with taking a bunch of tiles that you can't use that will generate negative points, you can just decide to like move your glazier like all the way back. And then that'll skip your turn essentially. Um, so that little tweak mm -hmm. of manipulating that is to me what makes it superior. Definitely makes a difference. To Azul. Because Azul, if you if you plan it right, you can really hurt somebody in a regular Azul yeah. um, if you time out the turns. Um, so that's the one one sort of thing I don't like about the original Azul. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is prettier. The, these little, they look like little... Um, like Jolly Ranchers or like little candies yeah. <laughs> as opposed to the original, which looks more like tiles. And one thing, just because like, we're talking about abstract Like games, wall tiles. Yeah. The the theme of regular Azul is actually a, is more thematic than stained glass because, you know, you're actually building a floor. You're actually placing tiles like you would place in a floor. You drop tiles and they break. Like there's a lot of really good theming that they've put with the mechanisms yet it never feels like that. Whereas stained glass is like, it's pattern building. It's like literally just pattern yeah, building. But it is a pane of glass. glass. Yeah, but you you're, know, you're it's building like, the glass panes. It, 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 to me, it's like, 
building glass paint like i don't know it just does it. it's like you know i've laid tiles before but i've never i don't know but uh so, so it's like it's less abstract but it's to me a better game i feel um, like it's the same level of abstract you think, personally. no i think it's more no so <laughs> but um but then the third one um actually there's a fourth one out now right. the third one is like also super abstract and super thinky mm -hmm. and to me it's almost too long a game at four players mm. so they get progressively more they do uh, they get strategically pro difficult. yeah more complex and um although my wife's favorite is the third one but it you know it's only when we play two players uh because you're just literally staring at the board the whole time and not right. talking and you know it's like too much if you want you know to have a conversation yeah. at the table yeah it's not like a coffee and talk type of game coffee it's, talk yeah so uh yeah my number five is azul stained glass as well can't argue with that number four so my number four is a game that often gets compared to azul okay and that is sagrada yeah and especially the sagrada stained glass version <laughs> Uh, is super similar as far as theming wow. to Azul Stained Glass, which is funny because... You can't pick the same game. I know, <laughs> but the, the games are, although ab abstract, they play very, very differently. Um, so Sagrada is a dice placement game, uh, and it's also a dice drafted game. Mm -hmm. uh, you can actually play it two different ways. Um, when you play traditionally with four players, um, one of the players is rolling all the dice. Uh, then you do this sort of snake draft where... Yeah, you know, first player gets first pick, and you just kind of go all the way till the last player, and then last player gets Both you know a second picks. pick, and yeah. then it goes backwards from that point. Sure. Um, and when you take these dice, you have uh, this sort of uh, board, which is a grid in front of you. The grid has certain placement rules, like certain colors on different squares, that you have to make sure that the dice you uh, place either matches that number, matches that color. And you also have to, to put your dice on this board, um, sort of starting from a corner and then building adjacently from that point forward. Um, so this is a game that starts out like, oh, this is a breeze. This is an easy game to play, no problem at all. And it gets hard really quick. And mm -hmm. you start to just like stress about how in the world am I going to fit this, this dice where I need it to go? Mm -hmm. Or... You know, you're just looking like, please don't pick that dice I need. Yeah. Uh, and there are some, you know, these tool cards you can use to mitigate ways of placing your dice or swapping dice in or, or other things. Um, but man, this is an intense game. It gets brain burnery. Yeah. Uh, right near the end. Uh, but that that is a great feeling. I, I kind of love that feeling in games. Um, and it's got a great solo mode. Mm -hmm. uh, so Sagrada is a, a, not only an awesome abstract uh, but if you play more than four players, there's this other way of drafting where you have your own individual dice pool that I think adds to the game um, if you build, buy an expansion. So um, this one is going to be in my collection for a long time, and that's my number four, Sagrada. You know, if you like this, have you played Calico? No, I've heard It's a similar. lot like that. Yeah. If that's the sort of uh, feeling you like where, you know, it starts out, oh, this is easy, and then, like, yeah. by the end, you're like, ooh, I really have to get that. Don't take it, you yeah, know? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that about Calico. It's very, it, very it, difficult. It looks very harmless in it the theming does. of, a, like, a quilt like and cats. cat but... tokens and little <laughs> buttons, and it's, like, quilt it's patterns. And you're like, oh, this would be cute. And then it's like, oh, my God, this yeah. is grueling. Oh, I'm about to shoot myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you'll like it. we got to play that one. Yeah, I'd love to try it. So my number four pick is a game that I think plays best at two, but it can play up to four. And it's a, a game that also has great table presence. It's called Minara mm -hmm. and is very abstract because, yeah. I mean, what is the theme Super there? I, I, mean, I don't even know. 
I don't even know what the theme I is. I don't know what the theme and is. You taught it to me. I know. We so you <laughs> you basically start with three like every tile in this game is like a random type weird of shapes, uh, yeah. weird shape, and they have varying numbers of circles on them with colors. And you start with the the table having three tiles laid on it, and as you draw these cards, they tell you how many of these uh, columns that you're you're supposed to place and where you know whether it has to be on different or the same and that kind of thing and so you have your own little collection of like five or six of these columns at a time and then you replenish from you know from the bag uh after your turn um, but you have to match the colors in the columns once any tile is complete because all the the colors are filled mm -hmm. you have to add a new tile somewhere on columns on this tower and suddenly you know you have to balance everything and then you're building on top of other tiles and you know you, you sometimes you're you're like there's no way this will work <laughs> i have to add another bottom tile yeah. at, at some penalty Hard. and then it forces you in order to successfully win to go one level higher uh to, to mm -hmm. you know to qualify to win um it's uh it's a game that as it you know, as we play, as it gets bigger, this thing just looks crazy. And mm -hmm. it's like, how is this even standing yeah. at this point? Yeah. And you, you just, it's intense. You just feel yeah. like at any moment, this thing's going to just come crashing. It down. looks really cool. And as you're playing, if you're in a convention or somewhere where there's people around, they're going to walk by and say like, yeah. what is going on? Like, yeah. that looks crazy. And how do you play? And it's like, oh, it's really easy. You just, you know, you draw a card and you place these columns. Mm -hmm. um, and it's cooperative. I don't know if I mentioned that. So you are working together to try to build a tower, a certain number of levels, depending on your difficulty, uh, player count, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think we've only beat it, like officially beat it, like twice maybe. And we, and we, we when we played, we played, was it medium? We did, yeah. we did definitely didn't play the hard level, but no, it was, no, no. It was hard. Medium, and I think we did, we did win. We did win. And then we, our variant was to try to deconstruct it without yeah, it making. That was fun that too. That was a lot of fun, actually. I had a good time doing that. So since, yeah, since we beat it, we're like, well, how do we take this thing down? And, and Jay <laughs> recommended, well, let's do the game in reverse and see like how yeah. many of us can collect columns before it falls. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It was, it was, it was a good, a good experience. And yeah. uh, this isn't an easy game to find either. No, right? no. It's hard to it find. It has very limited distribution. I think yeah. it's from Germany. And yeah. so if you're in Germany, then you could probably find it, but yeah. um, I think it definitely deserves another printing and certainly more distribution in America. So mm -hmm. if you do see it, pick it up because that's, it's pretty rare. Yeah. I think if you like, like stacking games, like Rhino Hero, um, this is just the next level up and, um, to me, a lot more strategic and fun. Yeah. That's so, great. Uh, yeah, it's, great abstract. Yeah, good, good pick. Number three. My number three pick is definitely an abstract game. It uses a board much like, you know, Shang-Chi or, or Go, like I mentioned, uh, it's two, well, I think you can play up to four, uh, but two is its I best. <laughs> it's called Tosh Kalar Arena of Legends. Oh, okay. No, you know where I was? Okay. I'll, I'll save my guess for okay. after you're done. Tosh Kalar uh, <laughs> plays best at two, in my opinion, but you you have a faction that you can you can be. Is you have your own cards that have their own ability uh, that, you know, that allows different movement and way that you place uh, your, your, your coins and stuff on the board. It is area control. It is... Um, not thematic, but it is like themed after, I don't know, like fantasy. Um, mm. but it's a very plain looking board. Um, it's very strategic. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's by Vlada Chavatel, uh, who yeah. made games like Codenames and Mage, Mage Knight. Knight. 
<laughs> Dungeon pets. So you know it's it, it's a trucker. <laughs> it's a good combination of um, accessible, but also really deep and really strategic. Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking for that type of abstract, highly depth, uh, you know, a lot of lot of strategy. Look at Tashkalar. Hmm. It's it's really fun. I've always had a good time with this. Um, there are there are expansions and there are ways to like spice up the game with like new powers and new abilities that you can do. Um, but it's 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 fantastic. Hmm. Never uh, played I, never played this. I one really yet. want to introduce this to you. I showed yeah, it to I our other buddy uh, Jason, and um, I've heard the name. He liked it. Does it have like a tiger on the cover or something or? Um, I can't. I'm trying to picture I think it. It's in more my like a like a big muscly guy, like okay. holding yeah, stuff. Okay, it's definitely not the one I'm thinking of. But yeah, yeah I try. I definitely try it. Yeah, cool. That's your number three. Yes, my number three is a two player game, and uh, I mentioned um, I kind of kept card games off my list. And then he breaks his rule. I kind of break the rule here a little bit. Um, oh, yeah, before we go, yeah. what was your guess that uh, attack? You thought I was going to say tack. I thought you were going to say tack, right. which which may end up on the list. Who, Who knows? Because it's a great stra- it's a great abstract game. Because he saw me looking at my bookshelf over yeah, here. Yeah, so I, I stole a glance. And he was trying to guess which ones it was going to be. And um, we, we, had, we had to cut it. Yeah. So so sorry if that's a spoiler, but um, yeah, this is a two player game, uh, and it's a the kind of game where you're you have you do have cards, um, but they're like the big like tarot size cards, mm-hmm. um, and you're not playing them like a typical playing card game. Um, it's more of a set collection game that you're using uh, these cards for. And the theming is around geishas and trying to get geishas to visit your different locations because uh, the way the game's set in Japan is um, the geishas were kind of the entertainers of the time. Mm-hmm. So you might have geishas that you know play music or they dance or they uh, are the best at making tea or, or whatever. Um, and, and you're trying to collect these geisha cards in these different rows mm. to try to get majorities. Uh, because uh, you might have a card that has a two on it, and that means that there's only two of those in the entire deck of cards. Mm. So if you can get two of those uh, cards, you're absolutely going to get the majority and get a token that sort of slides to your side. Mm. Um, But if you, or you might be able to sort of discard one of those twos, and then as long as you have the one two, you're going to, you know, you're going to get it. Mm. So there's there's a really interesting um, ways to use these cards uh, based on the number of cards and the majorities. But the favorite and kind of the coolest part of this game is you have these four tokens. And on your turn, you must use that token to do your action. So one of the tokens is you take four cards, you split it into two cards each, and then you offer them to your opponent. And they take one of your hands of cards. And then you both play the cards that you're left with. So you don't choose for them, they choose? No, they choose. Uh, Then there's another where... Um, you have three cards and they get to pick one and you get to use the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is you get to discard a card out of the game. And another one is you get to hide a card secretly that gets revealed at the very end of, of the round. Mm. Uh, the game plays really quick. It's that mechanism of choosing those tiles because you can only use that mechanism once per game and everybody has to use it. You're, you're playing four turns throughout the entire game, wow. and then the game is over. Wow. So it's fast, but it has all these really cool elements to it, uh, and it's it may be my favorite two-player game, hmm. uh, Hana Makoji. Uh, and uh, it's one of those games that it's really easy to teach, but when I introduce this, this to someone, they're like, I can't believe that a game with like this few cards and only these four actions can have this much depth to it. And how do you um, say it? 
Hana Mikoji. Hana Mikoji. Hana Mikoji. Hana Mikoji. And there's also, uh, there's like a, another name for this game. Um, I think it's Empress Ward does these games um, that has like a, I was going to say a ninja theme, but it's it's not. It's just, a, it's a male theme that's similar to the Geisha theme. Hmm. Um, I think it's called like um, uh, Jing Academy or some something similar to that. You'd have to look it up. Hmm. Um, but there's also some expansions and stuff. So Hana Mikoji is my number three. Number two. Uh, the game that is um, the most recent addition to my collection uh, and also a game that, that came out um, actually this year, I think it was this year, at least in the U.S., uh, is a game called Four Gardens. Hmm. And Four Gardens is a... Um, I'm not even sure what the theme is, <laughs> to be honest, which is why it made my list. Um, but what, what it is is you're, you're basically collecting different resources to uh, pay for these sort of landscape cards that you add to a set that you score points for. And the way that you're collecting these resources is you actually have this very like tall pagoda, pagoda that sits in the middle of the, the table between all the players. And whatever side of the pagoda you're facing has uh, the different resources on it. Like uh, there's like grass and stone and water and it may just be those three. Mm. Um, and so... The cards that you play can either be used to um, to get resources by playing the cards, or you can actually turn one of the levels of the pagoda. Rotate it. Yeah, rotate it. So if you rotate the bottom, you rotate everything above it, mm. right? And then once you, do, or if you rotate the top, you're only rotating the very top level. And then you get resources from the top down. They cascade. Got it. So it could be, and you're limited in how many resources you can collect. So. It could be that the way you rotate it, you'll never get those resources at the bottom because you've just filled up your, you know, your um, your uh, supply with, you know, everything from, you know, levels one and two or whatever. Oh, interesting. Um, so it's very abstract. It's, um, you know, it's it's pretty thinky, um, but but family weight thinky, I would say. Um, plays really smoothly. It's got that really awesome table presence. It's beautiful production with the, the painted landscape cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've really enjoyed playing this one a lot. So... That's why it's um, really so high up on my list. And like I said, one of the newest games on my list. Uh, that's my number two, Four Gardens. That's awesome. Um, it sounds pretty You'd cool. you like this one. I think I would like You'd that. you definitely like this one, yeah. I-, I do want to play that. Do you have a copy? I do. Then we'll have to try that I one do. out. Yeah, we, yeah I, and, this, and it plays good with all player counts. I've played it with two, three, and four, and it plays great with all of them. We've, we've got a big two-player list of games that we need to just have a day. Yeah, yeah we'll, do, we'll do a two-player con. That's right. <laughs> Uh, why not <laughs> i'd be up for that that sounds um, fun yeah and this is also uh, a dice tower essential so i think arcane oh. wonders i uh, maybe maybe put this one out too very cool if i'm not mistaken but well my number two is a uh it also is a game that had very limited uh release in america and it's difficult to get because of that uh you can find it in europe um the original versions of this you can find easily but the specific one that i'm gonna pick is difficult. It's called Ubongo 3D. Uh, I got to play this with a friend of mine, and okay, okay. the 3D version, I think, just soars above any of the others. Uh, the hmm. pieces that you have um, are not just one, um, like X and Y, it's X, Y, and Z as far as the, the shape of the pieces. Okay. And so, and of course, they're all different, you know, they look different, they're not anything that I can even describe. Um, but when you when you play this game, uh, a, the player rolls a die and it tells you which um, 
which card that you have to like, which graphic you're trying to make. And then you collect those pieces. And so there is a solution. And from those pieces, uh, we, you know, everyone starts at the same time and they're trying to build whatever their, uh, whatever the, the image is. And, you know, you, you're trying to fill all the space, um, uh, that's printed on the card, but everything has to be at the end, uh, level, like two levels, um, even. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you might be able to cover it up or have an extra piece or cover it up and maybe you're on three levels. It's not good. You mm -hmm. didn't solve it yet. Hmm. Um, you have to be able to arrange these 3D puzzly pieces so that it fits on the bottom and not anywhere outside of that grid. And so that, you know, at the end of this, there's only two levels, just like hmm. a full two level thing. And this is based on the perspective you're looking at it and how you're matching the card image to it or something. So you're, you're looking at it from like a face down point of view. Okay. And so you're, you're placing it so that nothing outside of that face down um, hmm. map is covered hmm. and then from there it has to go two levels up Hi, okay interesting so think of it as like a, a weirdly shaped building you know I, I i played a game that was like it was like blocus 3d blocus yeah your blocks 3d that reminded me that reminds me of what you're describing only yeah uh, that was slightly slightly different you're you're kind of scoring based on what you're seeing so but. this is um it's really interesting i, I had a great hmm. time playing this um and i really hmm. want a copy if i can find one but obviously that's part of the the problem um yeah yeah, if anyone has a copy or finds it, let me know. Send it over yeah, to me. I'd yeah. love to have that. Yeah, there's a game, another game like that I'm thinking of. I think it's called Rumus mm -hmm. or something, or Rumus 3D, yeah. out of print, and it's got a similar concept that I, I thought yeah. was awesome. I don't know why. And it doesn't take long to play, it. you know, and yeah. uh, it plays well for young players as well. Mm. Um, you know, I think his son, who's seven or eight, like loves it to death. Yeah, and Obongo's like a still a really popular game, yeah, and yeah. they even have an app for it and all that. So you yeah. think that they would like, you know, it's, reprint it's that? It's a very popular series. And yeah, yeah. I just I'm like, why is 3D not available? Yeah, you'd think it'd be maybe the most popular. Again, to me, version. it's the best. Yeah. it's the best version. Hmm. I'll, so. I'll definitely try this one. Ubongo 3D. Yeah, like good it. luck finding it. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to wait till they actually do reprint it. <laughs> if they do, who knows? Yeah, we'll have to. Well, we're going to start a campaign, a letter writing campaign. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, what is it called? What is it? A uh, change.org. Oh yeah, change change.org <laughs> petition. So, if all our fans listening to the podcast start a petition and let's get it rolling. Let's do it. I'll sign it. All right. Honorable mentions. Before we go on to the number one pick, we like to do some honorable mentions for games that didn't quite make it for whatever reason, uh, just barely mm. out of the top 10, maybe top 15, something like that. Um, these are unnumbered, at least mine are. Um, so some that I considered but didn't quite make would be chess because sure. it's fantastic, sure. classic, can't go wrong. Mm -hmm. um, Santorini, but... Yeah, that made my honorable mention yeah, too. I love that game. <laughs> it's great. And it's, at times it feels very abstract, but other times you're like, this is a little it, thematic. It, yeah, especially when you're using those god powers, it does right. feel a little thematic. Right. Yeah. The more stuff they add yeah. into the game, and I don't know, it, yeah. it can it can get there. That's why I didn't include it. Same, same <laughs> Photosynthesis, reason. which you already mentioned yep. at the beginning yep. of this. Yep. Um, and it is, like you said, half half the time people call it abstract, half the time they think it's thematic. And yeah. So I was like, well, since I come up, I came up with so many, I, I just was like, well, let's just <laughs> let's just mention it. Yeah, I instead. agree. Yeah. Um, what else do you have? Uh, one, well, actually, two more. One is yep. Cloud City. Uh, the, um, same thing. Yeah. Same thing. The, the, the reason that didn't make it for me is because 
you f- you feel like you're actually building yeah. a city. Yeah, you, know? you do feel good about like the little walkways yeah. and paths that you make. But you're still just building blocks. You're still just building blocks. But, but it's just bl- blocks yeah. and little pieces. Yep, that was one of mine too. Yep. <laughs> um, the last one I was going to mention is a Ryle. And yeah, that uh, is a really fun yeah. Tetris game where yeah. it's up to four players yeah. and, you know, you rotate the block uh, cards. And but it also affects everyone else's perspective because mm-hmm. everyone's facing it from uh, right angles. And, you know, you can choose the cards, which then you take the piece and you drop them yeah. down so that they can fit into your little Tetris board. Um, there is it's somewhat really of a theme. It's supposed to be about like a yeah. Portugal Ignore party, <laughs> yes. like a street festival. Yeah, no, no, it's Tetris. I mean, but it doesn't come through. It's essentially it's Tetris. Totally Tetris. Um, yeah, this one I own, and I but I only played it once, so that's why I didn't oh, make my list. But bummer. it's great. If I played it more, I probably would have. I recommend Orile if you have um, a chance. Yeah, another one I picked was Kingdom Builder. Um, okay. Because it, but it dances so close to because because literally you're like drawing a card that shows a. a territory on the board and you're placing like three buildings on the territory but it does kind of have some theme to it a little bit like you're some of your um, building a kingdom yeah you're building a king yeah you're building a kingdom you're trying to like connect roads to you know or or to certain um castles and things so very abstract in my mind but i was kind of close to the line for me i have a question for you on on towing the line type of thing where do you think Carcassonne fits as far as abstract or not abstract? Boy, um, <laughs> it kind of, I think, I think for me, it probably would lean a little more on the abstract side. Yeah. 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 Now, now I will say that um, some of the uh, new versions of Carcassonne definitely were more thematic. Like my I mean, favorite. Because of the new game rules or expansion yes, pieces yes. or because of the art? Because of the game rules. Um, okay. So like my favorite version is uh, Carcassonne uh, Amazonas. Hmm. And it actually incorporates like a race into the game hmm. uh, to where you're going down like the uh, the Amazon River and things like that. So um, although it's very, very abstract, you're still, you know, building out like a jungle in this case um, because it has that little bit of an element of a racing to it, too. And, and you know, you, you see the Amazon growing. Um, it feels a little more thematic than the other, you know, plain, plain. Carcassonne. Just curious what you thought. Yeah. Um, so for me. Uh, Suro is one. Um, mm-hmm. I love Suro. It's great because it plays up to eight players. But I like Indigo, which plays almost the same, a little bit better. So that's why Indigo made my list, not sure. Suro. Um, Ingenious, another Rainer Kanitsi game, is pure abstract. Um, a lot of fun, but it's it's not really um, as popular uh, today. It's it, it came out several years ago. I still like it, but it definitely feels more like you know. Not, not chess, but like a very, very classic abstract. So I wanted to kind of put in some more recent mm. games. Uh, and then um, the last one was Blocus. Um, I call it Blocus. Yeah, Blocus. Um, I, I almost is, put that on my list. Yeah, this almost made it. I, I, the thing is, every time I play this game, I'm like, this is a really great game. Um, and it's you have Tetris pieces, different sizes. You're trying to get all your pieces out to win the game. Everyone starts um, in a corner. You, yeah. And you have to place your next piece that's diagonal, diagonal to any diagonal, other Right, to ones a piece you you've placed. Um, it's got a lot of cool strategy. You can cut people off. You can kind of gain areas. Uh, and, and that's still it's, super popular. It's language independent. We play this a lot in China with, yeah. with folks. And yeah. you don't really need to be able to explain much. Yeah, this is one you can <laughs> teach in 30 seconds. Yeah. Play super. It, it's a great hit with everybody. Uh, and then the last one is Rose King, uh, which is a great little Cosmos two-player game. Came out in the two-player line. 
A lot of people don't talk about this one, but it has a little bit of a similar go mechanic mm -hmm. where you're placing like white and black pieces on the board. Mm -hmm. You can kind of um, flip other people's um, uh, pieces to like kind of count. Othello. Similar to Othello. And then the way you're scoring is you're kind of, I think it's you're multiplying the area times the number, and that's kind of how you do your exponential scoring. So gotcha. really cool little game, um, Rose King, that doesn't get a lot of love. So yeah. that made my list. For, Very cool. Yeah, honorable mentions. Cool. Well, uh, that that's all of mine. So I think we're ready to talk about our number, number one. ones. Number one. The moment everyone's been waiting for to find out the number one pick for best abstract game. Yep. He's probably already knowing what I'm going to pick, but I have a suspicion. He I, has yeah. a pretty good suspicion <laughs> is my suspicion. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't think I knew this was your number one. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I guess I played this pretty recently and more often than the others on my list. And I just, every time I play, I'm just more impressed by it. Mm. And that is TAC. Yeah. <laughs> TAC is a relatively new uh, game that is a variant of these Go and Xiangqi and chess and these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, uh, one player, a uh, person I was uh, teaching it to was like, it's kind of like reverse chess because you're adding your pieces to the board before hmm. you get to use them. Hmm. You know, like yeah, chess, you've already got everything laid out or checkers, everything's already laid out and you hmm. just have to move them. In tack, you place pieces uh, on empty spots or you can move your pieces that are already out that you control. Um, the unique thing in this game is that you can jump or land on other players' pieces or your pieces and you create a stack. And uh, when you move that stack, you can drop uh, uh, the uh, stones i guess what they call them yeah, yeah um you can drop them from the bottom on each space that you move you know from uh in one direction but you don't have to drop like all of them and you can go as far as it'll let you with that stack but you ideally want to keep your color pieces on top so that then you control uh more of the area mm -hmm. um essentially what you're trying to do in the game is connect uh a continuous like path or road orthogonally connected of your flat stone pieces uh, from one side of the board to the other. And it could be, you know, either side, like could be the ones that you and your opponent are at or the ones that are on the sides. Mm. Um, so in any way that you get a valid path that you control from one side to the other, then you win. And it's, uh, it's one of those games that like Go, it has very a simple rule set. But once you start playing, it has an enormous amount of depth. And there's actually a, a whole book that I own that's the compendium of TAC. And it explains, you know, uh, what, like, just like chess, there's different names for different positions and different mm. moves and all sorts of stuff with this game. Uh, it's really taken off. Um, I don't know how big the tournament competitive scene is, but I know it's out there and it's, mm. it's pretty big. And you can actually compete online and i know this because my buddy does this and he's always bringing his tack board with him <laughs> and he's laying them out and he's he's basically uh trying to puzzle out the best move on this online game he's playing with another opponent huh, interesting. and so he's like All right, this yeah. is my board and then he's like trying things and he's mm. like oh there it is that's what i need and then he does it on this thing but mm. even still like there's hundreds and hundreds of players that are high, higher ranked than he is. Yeah, I, I when I played this game um, here with you, I thought it was really clever. Um, uh, it's it's 
amazing because it feels like a classic game, mm -hmm. but it literally came out, what, three years ago, four yeah. years ago, something but like very that? Very soon. Um, and you don't see a lot of games that come out that, that have that feel, um, that are that good, um, that have never existed before. And, and it's a pure <clears throat> abstract. Yeah, and I read somewhere that that they created this game based on a game that was mentioned in like a book of fiction. Yes. Where they described this game called Tack, and then somebody actually designed the game. He did. Uh, the, 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 author. the author did. Wow, that's just wild. He's an author and a game designer. That's right. Um, he, he had this game that he made up for huh. his book series, and then you know he decided to make it yeah that's just wild that's and just and wild. then it took off i mean how often will that happen and the the pieces the components of this game look fantastic they're um, really nice really really um thick, it's the kind of game that you pieces. can you can really upgrade infinitely yeah. just like chess i'd say i'd say this is a gift game um yeah. you know this this would be a great christmas gift i think it'd be a great like coffee table game yeah um just always leave it set it, up yeah it really fits that bill i think a lot um and it reminds me a little bit of um quarto mm -hmm. which which is similar with a lot of the chunky pieces and you know building a line and stuff but yeah. this and is definitely more advanced the subtitle to the game is actually tack a beautiful game oh that's right yeah so <laughs> and if it you're is. looking for it, it definitely that's is. that's what it's called yeah i like that one good good pick thank you good pick my number one is a game that is also fairly new uh, and this is a game that tries to have a lot of theme in it, even with the expansions. Uh, but really, it, the theme never comes through, and that is Tiny Towns. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Tiny, right. the theme doesn't doesn't really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're you know you're you're supposed to be this architect building uh, these different city buildings, and um, the way the game plays though is you have uh, this sort of grid board. Everybody's got a grid board. It's like four by four. Yeah, maybe slightly bigger than that, but it's it's fairly small, and um, you have a bunch of cards that um, are variable. The the game comes with actually a lot of variety, but mm -hmm. you know you've you've got typically you, you play the starting game, and each of the cards represents a building uh, that you're going to build on your grid using spe a specific um, type of material, like resource patterns. Yeah, in a pattern, right? Yeah. So, so you it, you might have like an L-shaped building that represents the cathedral, and you have to build it with, you know, uh, two marble, uh, one stone, and, you know, one uh, whatever the other thing is. Gold. Um, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> They're just cubes. Um, and uh, the way it works is um, on your turn, um, depending on the number of players, one person will be sort of like the master builder, they will choose which of those uh, materials they want to use. So they'll say marble, and everybody has to build marble that t time. So as you're trying to build these buildings, what happens is when you've completed a building pattern, you actually then take that those uh, cubes off your board and you put the actual building, uh, which is a separate pile of, of wooden pieces. They're like uniquely shaped and yeah. colored buildings. Yeah, but they only take up like, I think they only take up one space. Yeah. Um, but you have to place it in one of the spaces that one of those cubes previously mm. occupied, basically. Right. And the way that scoring works is, you know, you'll get um, points for farms that are next to certain buildings. You'll get points for uh, churches that are surrounded by, you know, other other types of buildings or if you're next to a well you know you get extra points so it's all very like again very yeah. abstract the cards make the make not only the resource and pattern variable but the scoring the method. scoring as well that's right yeah. um but this is a really clever little game it's um similar to sagrada at the very end it starts getting really tight mm -hmm. uh really thinking strategic um it's a aeg game that's right that's right but it's but it's the kind of game where um there's a ton of variety in the game 
It's great for new players who've, who've maybe not played modern board games, um, that, but that can identify very easily with sort of Tetris type patterns mm-hmm. and, you know, little building blocks. Um, and it plays really quick too. Um, so yep. th- this is one where a lot of times About you'll play minutes. it. Yeah, you'll play it and then everybody's like, let's play it again because yeah. I want to I get a better score. Uh, so um, yeah, for me, Tiny Towns is uh, at the top of my list. It's also one of my wife's favorite games. So I've played it, you know, fairly often. And um, that's what made my number one. Hey, and you know, if you want to learn how to play with all the rules, I have a tutorial for it. Including the expansions. Uh, no. I'll edit that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had to, I had to do it. So you were on the gun with that, man. No, no, no. I was waiting for it. This is well, just the base well, game. But, 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 yeah, yeah, I do yeah. teach like the solo mode yes. and some of the variants included in the base game. And there are a lot. There are variants. There are a lot. So I do teach everything that's in the rules for the base game. Well, well, the thing is, even the expansions, like, it's like critters. You're adding, like, these little animals to your town. But still, I've heard it's super abstract. Mm-hmm. Like, it even is. with that. They're, even but with they're that. trying to really double down on that theme. But for me, um, you know, it's just a game that you just, you you acknowledge what it is. You build a bunch of patterns and you just have fun puzzling it out. Yep. So. It's fun. Um, I like it. So this is a, it's a fun list. Yeah. Yeah, we had we quite, quite a few crossovers. Maybe, what, three or four? About three, Something like I that. Think. So, um, so good. So, let us know what you think of our choices, and if you have your own top ten list, feel free to share those in the comments below. And if you're uh, if you're on YouTube and you want to listen to this in your car or take it on, then definitely check it out on any of the yeah. streaming platforms. And if you want to see us uh, on video and maybe see what the box arts you know look like and that sort of thing, and if you're streaming, then check it out on our YouTube channel called Meeple Mentor, and we hope to see you there. Yeah, and I'd really love to hear in the comments if there's any game that you think we just totally missed that should belong in any uh, yeah, collection some glaring omission yeah or, I mean, or one that i you know maybe we just haven't heard of and we'd like to play so. well that's the thing like all of these lists we make are games for at least for me is the ones i had played i think i pretty much own most like of them. i have yeah. to play them and yeah. some games i just haven't played so mm-hmm. i'm sure yeah. there's stuff like that where yeah. people are going to say well you got to try this and, yeah yeah you know yeah. maybe maybe i'll try it maybe it'll make the list next year yeah yeah uh-huh. definitely yeah because some of these are just definitely worth repeating because you know, they're just coming out with so many games every year and they yeah. just keep seem to keep getting better and better. I think some of our top tens need to be re- redone like on a on a yearly basis. Yeah, I was just thinking that recently too. So, so. We'll, we'll, um, we'll talk about it. And hey, if, if you have a preference on what top ten list you want to see us yeah. redo. Yeah, welcome, um, you welcome know. those ideas below too. Yeah, for sure. So that's, that's, uh, that's it for today, unless you have anything else for us. Yeah, no. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, again, I'm Jay. And I'm Jared. And thanks for listening and watching. Yep, this has been the Mentor Minutes Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everybody.